Welcome to the Building and Growing podcast. We're delighted to have Mark Robinson from Superscript with us today. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much. Great to be here. You're most welcome. So, look, Mark um, works for Superscript, which is a fantastic insurtech that I'm sure you'll uh, give us more of a background of later on. But let's start off with you. Tell us about yourself, Mark. Yeah, so um, I've been in the uh, insurance sector for uh, Crikey, coming up to about 20 years now. Always been a, a broker, a yeah. broker by trade. Traditionally, um, I was involved in the early days in financial institutions uh, insurance, so looking at fraud and crime policies for banks and building societies. Nice. Um, as most things do when sort of traditional FI turned into fintech, yes. uh, got involved in fintech um, quite heavily which led me into things like online gaming, um, into crypto, and generally all the, the sort of high-risk things that, that insurers don't particularly like to, uh, <laughs> don't like to insure. So that's, um, that's a sort of a, a, a very brief history of, of, of my expertise. I've, as I say, worked in the, in the broken sector since I left school um, for a, a, a varied amount of businesses from family-run um, independence to uh, to some globals, uh, yes. and and now find myself with a, a super exciting business at, at Superscript. Indeed, yeah, fantastic. And look, before we dive into um, uh, Superscript, it'd be great just to maybe give some definitions to the audience about what a broker does. Sure, absolutely. So uh, a broker is in effect um, the 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 middleman, if you like, between client and insurer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there are there's really two models of, of insurance. Uh, one is the direct route. So um, this is if we look at the the sort of direct line route or the the, the online systems. And um, we we have a uh, an area of, in our business which looks after that type of business, and we call it non advised. Yes. So effectively, if you know what you like and you need an off the off the shelf policy, yeah. you can go online and and decide what you want to buy, and, and you you click on it and buy it. Sure. No advice whatsoever. That's just what you want. Yes. So, so that's a sort of direct type of insurance. You deal with one insurer, you buy. Yeah. The other side is advised. So this is where a broker comes in, a, a, an intermediary, if you like, um, which is what I do. So, um, and it's, it's generally for more for businesses that need more of a technical uh, or an advice-led approach. Mm. So um, you will um, transact with an insurance broker. They will come in and ask you questions and do a risk review review of what you need, um, yes. what the risk exposures of the business are. It's then our role to um, to present that risk into the insurance market. So effectively, we need to sell your risk to the market. Yes. Uh, so we will go out to a number of insurers, um, and the better job we do of selling your risk to the market, the better terms you get, the better premium you get. Sure. Um, so so yeah, the difference between uh, the, the the sort of two sides of of, of insurance purchasing is, is generally the direct route or the mm. route via a broker. Okay. Um, okay. And as I say, albeit Superscript have the opportunity for both. Yes. Uh, the side of the business I represent, which is the advice side, is the is the broking side. Fantastic. Thanks so much for that because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, people hear about, you know, insurance brokers, um, insurance companies, underwriters, and, you yeah. know, there's just a lot of uh, terminology on there. But that really lays it out in a simple format non-advised which is self-service yep. and then advised where a broker such as yourself uh, helps out and you know collects data in order to to sell that risk and talk about you know what your business does to um, the insurance providers correct that's right and i mean it's ostensibly we like to say 
we are the the internal insurance department of of, of any said business. So, um, and, and and on top of that, it's the 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 job doesn't sort of stop when we place the initial business. Yeah. So obviously, a a business doesn't stay the same for for twelve months. Things constantly change. Yes. Um, and a broker will work with a client to make sure that the policies constantly stay up to date. So there's there's um. The insurance needs of client day one will be very different to the needs of insurance uh, at the, the the client sort of day thirty or, or sixty. Indeed. They might have new contracts or they might look to go and work in the US. And and there's there's various things that that a business will do through the stages of growth where the policy needs to grow with the client. And and that's very much a broker's job to to make sure that those policies are always fit for purpose. Indeed, indeed. And I think that that's something that. You know, people don't necessarily, uh, you know, consider um, yeah. and it indeed might be something that trips companies up later on. Absolutely. We, we see it regularly where um, a client will have an insurance policy they bought on day one of the business. Yeah. I mean, three years later, they've raised however many million, they've got 20 staff, yet the policy they bought was in place from day one where they had maybe two two co-founders and, and and no contracts in place so yeah it's it's a it's a very very common occurrence um yeah. so yeah anyone out there that, that that may have an insurance policy they bought three years ago and haven't had reviewed um you, you're not on your own yes yes <laughs> indeed indeed so let's dive into superscript mark um are you able to tell us a little bit about the background of the company and how it was founded yeah absolutely so uh, the business was founded in 2015 uh, by by two co-founders um, and really it was to to approach a, a gap in the market um, f- in, in respect of um, brokers not really having a full understanding of, of, of various sectors. So um, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's two sides of the business. There's, there's a non-advised side and a, a, an advised side. Mm. So the non-advised side... Um, and I'll be very light touch on the non-advice side because that's that's not the area I work in. So I, I don't want to do those guys any uh, any discredit. But the sure. non-advice side is very much for um, very early stage startup businesses um, who again can may may need an insurance policy for a short period of time, may need it to fulfil a contract. Yeah. Um, they can go online and, as I say, just pick pick what they need. Yes. Um, the the great thing about superscript is and and one of the one of the great um great things that allowed us to to sort of uh, scale the business as quickly as we had when we first founded is that we're we're very sort of heavy on on um data science and um and, and engineering so um what the team do a lot of uh, and and what we have the benefit of um of being a, a sort of startup scale up in the insurance space is we don't have any legacy systems yeah so we've been able to track um the size of a business. Yes. So if we have a, a startup, for example, comes on and buys a, a non-advised product, mm. um, they will go ahead with that product, um, but then they may grow, they may um, become a regulated business. Yes. The policy you have in place may, may no longer be fit for purpose. Yes. So those types of data points, and I believe we, we follow sort of 3,000 data points a, a, a across clients in wow. terms of what we're looking for. Again, that that allows us to to to, to grow with those businesses. Yes. Um, in effect, we we founded the business to to get rid of some of the major pain points um, that are around in the sort of tech tech space, mm. and they are um, tech founders are, uh, are 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 very time poor. Yes. Um, insurance is a necessary evil. We're, we're fully aware of that. We need to make the processes as simple as possible. Mm. It's a very old fashioned paper heavy sector is, yeah. is the insurance game um 
if somebody needs a quote, they'll be sent X amount of documents that are generally PDF. They'll need to print them out, pass them to 15 different people within the business. Yes. Um, it, it's it's a bit of a nightmare. So one of the things we, we, we came along to do was to try and make that whole process a lot easier. And whether that's via digital application forms, um, whether that's via sort of customer portals and all this type of thing, yeah. it's just trying to make the whole process a lot simpler. Um, on top of that, there aren't a huge amount of brokers out there that fully understand the tech sector. Sure. Um, so what we're finding is um, tech founders are receiving quotes that may not be fit for purpose. Mm. Um, they may um, find that they're dealing with brokers that are struggling to understand some of the nuances or some of the, uh, the, the technical languages of tech. Yeah. Um, because of that, the policies aren't being sort of sold into the market on the right basis, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. And because of that, we tend to find that um, a, a founder may receive um, insurance that has onerous terms, maybe too expensive. Yes. Um, on, on some respects, it's, it's not even covering what, what, what the client's activities, um, uh, activities are. So um, it was really to try and make, the, the business really was founded to try and um, I don't like the term disruption, um, but it was really to try and disrupt that that old-fashioned sort of PDF-heavy yeah. paper-based insurance insurance world, really. Indeed, indeed, and um, you know, I think uh, yeah, insurance, uh, whether it's for a, for a trip or whether it's for a business insurance, is always uh, you know a little bit of a pain. Let's yeah. say um, I was reading a multi-trip um, uh, you know policy wording the other day and. Uh, yeah, luckily I, I, I realized what I was buying uh, and was able to cancel it and get another one yeah. because uh, they were trying to sell, you know, 400 pound, uh, um, 400 pound coverage for my laptop, which, uh, you know, unfortunately is worth a little bit more than that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but look, uh, uh, just to dive back in there, you mentioned that there were some, let's say, data points or nuances about businesses that insurers typically get wrong that, you know, Superscript is really able to address. Just wondering if you're able to give us a couple of examples. Yeah, well, it's going back to what I mentioned earlier. So one of the one of the main examples we see is if if a business um, when a business starts to scale, um, they may undertake contracts overseas, uh, specifically in the US. Yes. Um, so a, a vast array of insurance policy will typically exclude um, will exclude sort of US work. Mm. Um, we'll we'll find out from data points we have if a, if a business starts to sort of write write contracts in the US. Yeah. Similarly, if if a business becomes regulated. There's a huge swathe of, of policies that will exclude regulated business. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, if if an application goes in the F, into the FCA uh, to become regulated, the policy you have is no longer fit for purpose. We need to move you onto a onto another policy. Yes. Um, and then again, it, whether or not it's um, data points based on um, fundraising. So if we see that a, a business has been successful in 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 raising a round, or if there's been a, a sudden influx of of employees, yeah. um, or a, a sudden um, sudden exit of a, of a bunch of employees, and again, it allows us to, to to really make sure that those policies that are in place are always fit for purpose. Yeah, um, it's just not something that's done in the traditional insurance market. It, it very much traditionally left on the the shoulders of the the client to notify the broker when something's changed. And yeah. as I say, we're a necessary evil, so we we tend to be thought about when when we're required to to have a contract put through or when it's renewal time um yes. we sell very expensive bits of paper that say if you have a claim we're going to pay out yeah um 
and the proof of in, in, in the pudding is 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 when that 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 claim's made. So, um, yeah, to 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 have systems in place that make sure um, the policy is always the right premium, the right cover is yeah. is is something that just as I say doesn't really happen in the in the sector. Yeah, fantastic. Look, it, it sounds like a very proactive approach, yeah. um, uh, wherein you know you're actively analysing those data points and starting the conversation as opposed to leaving the onus on um, the business. Um, and actually, from the business standpoint, you know, they're not experts in insurance. Absolutely. So I'm sure they're very grateful to be informed, actually, look, you know, these things have changed. We've noticed that. Therefore, um, you know, would like to propose, you know, that, you know, you might get a new uh, uh, type of policy. Absolutely, it's 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 one of those things. So what, what when we've um, we've looked at um, the main issues from uh, sort of uh, CEOs and CFOs of, of businesses, the main gripes with insurance are um, cost is is usually up there, um, mm. complexity, yeah. uh, the time it takes, um, and and sort of jumping into that the the jargon that's used by insurers and and the the sort of um, um, the the mess of of documentation and what have you if we can streamline those things those issues and just make the whole process a lot less time consuming and a whole lot clearer um then we're on the right track and 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 we truly believe in the um the the sort of relative short amount of time that we've been trading um we're kind of getting there i think we've got a lot of work to do um Mm. but certainly the the strides we've made um in in the short period of time have been have been quite big fantastic and you know, what has the response of, let's say, the insurers been to these new data points, um, uh, a new level of, let's say, detail and due diligence um, on businesses that you're able to bring them? What has their response been? Well, insurers, insurers love us, right? Because <laughs> insurers like to write business. It's, it's, a, it's, a, commercial, it's a commercial world. Mm. What they don't want to do is write bad business. Yeah. So what, what it enables us to do is present um, risks to insurers on, on a, a very transparent basis. Yes. Um, it allows us to, to adequately highlight the, the, the key risk exposures. And again, we, we've, we employ um, a lot of people that have sort of more tech expertise Mm. Um, than the majority of brokers out there. And what, what that truly enables them to do, and, and sorry, going back a step, we, we have um, people within the business that specialize in fintech. We have people that specialize in medtech, in AI, in digital assets, crypto, blockchain. Yes. Yeah. What that allows us to do is, is understand the nuances of those businesses. Mm. So what we're able to bring to the insurers is um, not just... Um, business from from clients that that are actively looking to buy yes. but also it's 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 an opportunity for us to be able to educate the insurers to say well okay that y- you may not have um been um particularly interested in writing fintech business for x amount of years because mm. you were unsure of the risk um that, that's that's there or you're unsure of the historical loss data what we're able to do, what what the the experts we have are able to do is is go to those underwriters with a really true and deep understanding of that sector and say, okay, well, we understand this type of business and we see that this type of business faces these risks yes. and actually this is how that business mitigates against these risks. Therefore, it brings the the, the risk to the insurer, to the underwriter down yes. and it enables them to write more business. So what what we find is... and and. So I, I joined the business in January, um, yes. and 
I find now that there are, there are insurers that um, I used to approach in previous companies that would decline risks. Yes. We approach them at Superscript and they're, they're all over the risks that we, we send them. All right. Kind of frustrating. Yes. Um, but great now I'm in the seat of, of Superscript. But it, the insurers like, they, 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 they want to be, insurers want to be, uh, writing the next the next big thing they want to be on the the sort of the edge of of the emerging risks yeah if they're working with a broker that understands those emerging risks and can adequately present those risks in a way that makes them feel comfortable enough to write them yeah um then they're going to love that and and certainly what we're seeing is is exactly that we uh, we have some great relationships with some insurers that as i say in, in the past I've I've struggled to get them to to look at submissions. So Indeed. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a very 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 sort of interesting way of working. Yeah, fantastic. And look, I mean, there are a couple of um, sort of sectors that you mentioned there, which are particularly emerging when I I think it comes to getting insurance for them. I think say crypto and generative AI. What yep. are the key challenges that let's say the brokers face when it comes to um, trying to uh, uh, gather information in those emerging um, industries? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the number one issue, um, and we, we, we get a lot of gripes from uh, from uh, prospective clients we're dealing with when, when they've been speaking with other brokers is just generally the lack of understanding. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we work with a lot of fintechs that sort of cross over into digital assets. Yeah. Um, but actually don't really have any digital asset risk. They might be working with a an exchange that takes all the risk. Yes. The issue is, if it's not broached correctly, as soon as a broker goes into an underwriter and, and mentions the word crypto or digital assets, then it's it's an it's immediate decline. Yes. If it yeah. can be explained correctly, then then obviously the underwriters are, are, are a little bit more amenable to write the risk. Mm. So the, the the major frustration, certainly on the digital asset side, is is the, just the general lack of understanding from from the broking market. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the the digital assets team we have are like nothing I've ever ever worked with before. Um, yeah. The the expertise, the experience, and the um, the the credentials and the credibility the guys have got in that digital assets team, not just in the UK and Europe, but across the US as well, is 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 very impressive. Yes. Um, and also cost comes into it as well. So um, digital asset insurance ain't cheap. Yeah. Um, but it can be a damn sight cheaper than it, it, it could be when yes. it's explained and, and underwritten correctly. And again, yeah. it comes down to the the, the presentation. Um, and again, a, another frustration is is the general lack of um, lack of support from insurance markets. Mm. But again, that comes down to experience and knowledge from the broker and approaching the right market. So there are insurers out there that that love writing digital assets risks. There yeah. are insurers out there that love writing AI based risks. Yes. It's just knowing who they are and, and um those insurers trusting the broker that the broker knows what they're doing. Yes, indeed. And Mark, um, you know, insurance is, let's say, um a globally purchased product. Um what markets does Superscript operate in? Um, so we, we are a dual regulated business. So we are regulated by the FCA here in the UK. Um, we're regulated over in, uh, in the Netherlands. So we have an office in Rotterdam yes. that allows us to trade across, uh, across Europe. Fantastic. Um, future plans, um, potentially looking to, to get involved in, in the sort of APAC regions. Um, the US, we, um, we have partners across the US where we, we can write business over there. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, um, if 
we have an inquiry from from a risk pretty much anywhere on on the globe yeah. we'll be able to find a way to do it we we have partner brokers and and relationships uh, spanning pretty much every territory that 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 we're legally allowed to write business in Fantastic. um we we can we can sort of cover those areas excellent excellent and um earlier on in the podcast you mentioned a, a data point which was being able to see when a company has raised funding. So I'm wondering whether we're able to just dive into what insurance requirements companies might have by stage because a pre-seed company may have different requirements to a seed or a series A um, uh, type firm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 something we see we see regularly. So we we work with businesses from from all stages. We we say it's sort of from from start up to scale up to, to grown up, if you like. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, there's there's various various different stages um, of of cover that need to be in place. What we generally tend to see is um, seed businesses will generally require the sort of minimum um, general liability. If they've got employees, they'll they'll need some some employees liability. Mm. Um, they may need to look at some professional indemnity, which is errors and omissions, wrongful advice, wrongful design. Yeah. When they get to uh, when they sort of go up a stage, they're probably looking to get some directs and officers liability cover in place. Um, maybe looking to get some cyber, some some crime policies in place. And then when when they start to get to sort of C day C day and above, um, we'd probably be looking at. Um, Things like intellectual property rights cover. Okay. Um, we're probably looking at things like uh, key man cover to cover sort of key directors of the business. Yes. Um, we'd be looking to recommend um, some employee benefits type covers, which is um, which is great for um, recruiting and retaining talent uh, sure. at, at that size. Um, so yeah, it, it, we we do see we do see um, companies that will come in straight off the bat when they're starting up and say, look. We take a, a diligent view on on risk mitigation. Mm. We want the whole suite, right? So we're looking to have the the liabilities, the cyber, the PI, the the DNO. Yeah. Um, but obviously, as a startup company, costs can be can be quite sort of restrictive. So um, we we do tend to find that certainly PI uh, PI and the liabilities are the first ones that that businesses will tend to go for in the very early stages. Yes. And then we'll step up towards that sort of more complex. Um, or expensive cover, if you like, along the, the intellectual property rights and, and, and that type of thing. Sure, sure, indeed. You know, are you able to share any war stories of, you know, clients who may not have got the right insurance or, or oh. should have? <laughs> so, yeah, so there's, there's, there are some, some um, quite a few stories. So um, I, I've seen, and it's sort of away from tech, but I, I've seen a business where, um, there was we we turned up to do a renewal one year um and it was a manufacturing manufacturing process we turned up to do a renewal one year um and they had big manufacturing unit big um uh, sort of big warehouse facilities and what have you mm. um client wasn't interested in insurance in the slightest again necessary evil i'll see you at renewal i'll see you in 9 months to sort out the the sort of renewal yeah. and, and start the re- pre-renewal process um did the renewal turn up nine ten months later to start the pre-renewal and there is an additional building that's been built uh, like, <laughs> Fire, yeah. when was that built uh built, it was built about eight months ago yeah so it's generally been sat there fully assembled with equipment in it yeah for eight nine months uninsured Shivers, like a couple of million Shivers. couple of million quids worth of uh 
building and machinery yeah. just sat there and insured. And again, it comes down to that. And uh, albeit it's away from tech and it's 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 more of a sort of um, sort of commercial industries. The the store is the same, right? So it's the 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 insurance will will, will last down the, the the pecking order more times than uh, than not. And yeah. this is this is a a founder that is running a successful business mm. um, that has a million and one things on his mind before insurance. They've built a new unit, yeah. And the last person that springs to mind to tell is the person that's going to insure it, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so there's there's things like that. There's um, as I've alluded to earlier, there's 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 we've done um we've done health checks on people's policies where they they bought the policy off the peg three four years ago mm. um when they were a startup business um and the the policy is is just not fit for purpose and and the business has gone through a sort of regulation and scaling and and um uh, directors in and directors out and and replacements of boards and what have you yeah. regulation uh, uh, and things like that and and the policy has just been written on a um, as I say, an off off the shelf basis, the, the premium is a couple of hundred pounds. Yes, we've done a, a review on it, and it's just like, if you have a claim, there is no chance this is paying out. Yeah, um, yeah. Even, even so much so that the if we were to send a submission to that particular insurer, mm. they'd decline the risk because it's not on their trade category. Yeah, um, and it's it's a danger for it's it's a it's a big danger for non advised business because more often than and. I buy insurance, right? I know how it works. More often than not, there's a, a drop-down box. Yes. And if your business kind of shoehorns into one of those things, mm. then you're going to click it. So we, we've seen companies, fintech businesses involved in cross-border payments that are, are insured under a policy that they've, they've clicked a software developer yeah, on a drop-down yeah, box. Um, yeah. And again, it's one of those things where Okay, I've paid two hundred pounds for a policy for the last three years annually. Mm. I've not had a claim on it. If someone has to see my insurance, I've got it. Yeah. So you know who's in the wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, we're, we're we're kind of an intangible cost until something goes wrong. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so yeah, there's 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 quite a few policies we've we've done um, health checks on that 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 are, are fairly frightening. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Um, when you raise this with the client. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they'll uh, they'll they'll take our advice on board, and we can uh, we can get it fixed up. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so I, I guess a key takeaway there: if there is any material change in your business, speak to your insurer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah <laughs> and if they don't away. want to listen, then speak to Super yeah, Script. speak to me straight away. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> that's it. Fantastic. Um, and uh, look, Mark, in terms of Superscript's product roadmap, um, are you able to discuss? Um, what it's got in the pipeline, say for the end of 2023 or 2024. Absolutely, yeah. So continued focus on um, on our UK business. So so really growing that across the UK and really pushing the brand out there. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier we have um, the office over in Rotterdam. Yes. Um, so really a, a really big focus for this year um, is is really growing that that European business and really pushing the brand out there. So we've recently done a um, a rather large um, out of home campaign over there. Okay. Um, so the amount of times I've I've sort of walked around Rotterdam recently, um, and I mean the superscript on every bus stop, every really? tram stop. We we've got nice. one of the largest digital advertising boards in 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 Rotterdam, I believe. Wow. Um, so yeah, so pushing 
pushing the brand across Europe is 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 going to be really key to to sort of our plans over the course of the next uh, next couple of years. Right. Um, we want to continue um, continue investing in our our internal systems. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in the, the data that we receive, we really want to keep pushing the machine learning that, we, that, that we're working on um, and really, really drive that to make sure that we can, um, we can really hone that and make sure that it's, it's really delivering some, some real tangible value to our, our clients and prospective clients. Yeah. So that, that's, that's really key on the agenda. Um, and I guess finally, um, <laughs> finally, the easiest <laughs> one, we 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 want to become the the best, the strongest, the largest SME broker in the UK. Fantastic. That that is that is number one on the on the roadmap. Yeah. Um, albeit I've I've been with the business for 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 not very long. Um, we've got the team to do it. It's yeah. it's an exciting business. It really is. Fantastic. And look, Mark. Um, you know, I think it would be amiss if I didn't ask a question about ChatGPT and. And AI, um, what what impact do you see um, AI having on the InsureTech business? Oh, it's an interesting question. Having just attended a an AI seminar over in Valletta a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I, sh- I should be all over this. AI is an interesting one. So uh, there's there's many many use cases for it in in the InsureTech sector. Um, I think I think number one we've got to be very careful with with what we're doing with it and and, and how we approach it. So mm. I've seen I've seen multiple um, thought leadership pieces from um, from insurers and and from brokers um, either jumping on the, the the AI bandwagon or or absolutely writing it off and, and throwing it in the bin. Yeah. Um, where do I sit with it? I don't know. I, I maybe maybe on the fence a little bit. I, I think it, I think it can be a good thing. I think what it will enable us to do is um, certainly if we look at if we start to look at sort of insurance clauses within contracts, mm. um, AI will enable us to to sort of run contracts through and 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 pick out where the insurance clauses are and where yeah. where insurance may be able to assist in a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, whether AI will be used for more parametric types of insurance in the future, whereby if something occurs, then an insurance policy will immediately trigger and pay out. I can see that happening. Um, it would be remiss of me to say, it'd be naive of me to say that AI won't play a part in, in the insure tech sector because it absolutely will. We we know that when when these emerging technologies emerge, yes. um, very quickly they'll they'll take over and and it'll be something very simple that 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 occurs and we'll all sit around thinking why didn't I think of that and <laughs> and, and, and ride off into the sunset with with uh, with suitcases full of money, um, yeah it's 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 it will always need the human touch. Mm. Um, what I don't think we can do is just let AI run things and and replace humans in insurance. Yes. I think I think it, AI will always need. Um, align management if that makes sense in, mm-hmm. into into um into humans um but yeah what 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 it will do in the insure tech space um <laughs> i'm not entirely sure i think i think it's a bit of watch watch this space i certainly Indeed. think i think it'll play a big part i really do yeah yeah it, it's going to be super interesting i saw a video the other day of a tesla ai um salesperson um, <laughs> making a call to someone and you know it was scary because um yeah, like it, there was a little bit of a delay from when the the end client, let's say, um, gave an answer to a question to then the AI salesperson 
um, you know, responding to the answer. But, yeah. you know, there might come a point where we don't know whether the whoever we're speaking to at the end of the phone is a human or a robot. Absolutely. So. Well, we, we've, we've already seen, I mean, chat GPT will now write the majority of emails uh, yeah, certainly cold yeah. outreach emails i've i i know of businesses that are using chat gpt for cold outreach emails yes yeah i i've i've attended um panel sessions where um where the panelists have have, have openly admitted to the fact that i've used op- i've used chat gpt to, to 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 write my responses to to these these the panel questions, questions. Yeah, I've, yeah i've openly seen uh, I've i've seen panel hosts openly admit to the fact that all these questions have come from chat gpt and we'll yeah. see where it goes yeah. so uh, it's 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 a fascinating tool um it, regulation i think will be will be will be key on it um, yes. um so yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting ride i think indeed <laughs> indeed mark we've, we've covered a lot today um and i was wondering whether there are any let's say top three takeaways that you'd like to share with the audience yeah, absolutely. So I think I think number one is, in terms of the insurance piece, I think you've got to work with a broker that understands your sector. So um, if if you're in med tech, work with a broker specifically that that understands med tech, yeah. fintech, digital assets. It, it's really really important because what what you're going to get from that is um, there'll be a lot less process to be involved with mm. because instead of ferrying backwards and forwards answering questions you're generally going to be speaking to someone that 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 gets the business yeah so that will cut out a lot of the a lot of the legwork what it also will do is make sure that the as i mentioned earlier the terms that are received from the market are going to be the best terms and they're yeah. going to be with the right market so i think i think certainly number 1 is um is work with a broker that um that understand your sector and, and and a broker that you trust just adding to that um we see a lot that um investment heavily relies on trust obviously yes if 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 you're if you're a business looking for investment and you have a really strong suite of insurances in place mm. you can go to the investors and say look we're, we're serious we're a serious business here we're yeah. mitigating our risk um, we're, we're a grown-up business. We know what we're doing. So the the, the trust in, in in working with the with the right broker with the right expertise, yeah, um, is is key. Indeed. Um, number two, I would say um, certainly um, try and mitigate as much risk as possible. Um, so um, maybe slight slightly bizarre saying this from 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 sort of my seat as a as a broker. Obviously, I want people to buy more insurance, but the more you mitigate risk and the more you can. Um, demonstrate your um, uh, your capability to mitigate risk and, and your um, and, and the way that you're taking risk seriously within your business. Mm. Um, it's only going to reflect well on your business when when you're in front of an underwriter. Um, and, and again, work really closely with your broker on that. If, if there's things you can do internally with the business around cybersecurity protocols and uh, and all that type of thing, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Um, because the, the the benefits in terms of not not just the premium reductions and the terms you receive, but in terms of your business being um, a, a steady, sturdy business that again is going to attract investment, I think that's really key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And number three, I've touched on it a, a, a number of times um, today. Make sure that your policy is 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 always in line with with your current business. So yes. um, 
whether or not that's that i mean if you're working with superscript that's a given right because we're going to do it for you automatically anyway but um making sure that you're, you're in regular contact with your broker or, or your broker's in regular contact with you mm. making sure that your your insurance policies are growing through every stage of your business is really important yes because when you need it and it's not there it's terrible indeed so indeed. it's it's really making sure that every step along the uh, the journey of a business um the 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 insurance policies are, are are sort of pulled up and keeping up to speed with with the business as well fantastic indeed and look i think that final piece of advice uh you know it's it's very easy to send an email or jump on a call with you know your insurer to discuss what's changed and yeah. you know find out um because uh yeah, if you don't, um, it can be it can be costly. It can. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not a bad bunch, so generally we'll we'll have a nice conversation with you. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and look, I mean, the the, the other uh, takeaways were also you know particularly important. Uh, uh, you know, I think risk mitigation is is something that isn't let's say thought of enough. Um, it always costs less um, to take preventative action than yep. to take reactive action, and that. You know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, it's easier to prevent something than to react absolutely to something. Absolutely is, yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank and you. We look forward to, uh, you know, continuing to watch Superscript grow. Absolutely great stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.